We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, my people? KJ Podcast. You are beaming. If you're a San Francisco 49ers fan, you might even be wearing gear to work today, Friday morning. The San Francisco 49ers just added Nick Bosa to the roster. Ohio State defensive end taken with the number two overall selection in the NFL draft. The 49ers went 3-13 and last season. It was an awful year. We bitched and moaned on this podcast for four months. In the offseason, we started to get more excited because this team, for sucking, is going to get an amazing prospect. That's what franchises have done in different sports here. 76ers, Washington Nationals back in the day with Bryce Harper, Strasburg. It feels like the 49ers added one of those pieces to their roster today. They've been losing a lot. When you lose a lot, you get blue chip players. It feels like Nick Bosa is one of the first steps in this direction of this rebuild. If the 49ers are going to take over the NFC and return to glory, I think this is one of the key pieces that they've just added. We're going to get into everything. The strategy of the pick, what John Lynch was thinking, Nick Bosa's strengths, Nick Bosa's weaknesses, some of his political stuff that's just not going to go away on Twitter. It really is not going to go away. And it's a storyline that needs to be acknowledged. Not in the front of this podcast, but we live in the Bay Area. Our country's divided. This intersects with football. It's a real thing that we'll, <laughs> we have to mention it. it it's a storyline. And I think we'll end the podcast, too, talking about there's pressure on Kyle Shanahan and the front office the second round. They've got to take a receiver. I'm not into them getting secondary here. I'm not into them getting O-line. There are four damn good receivers on the board. A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel, even Hakeem Butler. One of those four should be a 49er. And I think Kyle's lost some of his clout by bringing in Marquise Goodwin, Pierre Garcon not really panning out. He is a wizard at calling plays. 
I don't think we can call him a wizard at evaluating talent every time. So I think there should be some pushback in the room. 49ers need a receiver. But this is the Nick Bosa podcast. We are going to be diving all into the pick. Thursday started off with Solomon Thomas trade rumors. A reminder that the 49ers thought he was going to be an edge rusher. He's not. They finally solved the weakness of the football team. What we have been bitching about for the last two years is now solved. It's Nick Bosa as a Leo and D Ford as a Sam. What I love about this is that John Lynch didn't get too cute. Quentin Williams loved him as a prospect as well. Maybe he would have been a good player. But really, if you have that interior there with DeForest Buckner, you're still leaving a hole at edge rusher. You would have put a lot of pressure on D Ford to be a sack master right away. Now you have two bookends you're feeling confident about. You can put a role player next to DeForest Buckner. You can slide Eric Armstead in there. You can slide Solomon Thomas in there. The D-line has gone from ho-hum unit to potential powerhouse and the leader of this football team and a smash-mouth defense and Quan Alexander cleaning up behind them. So, I mean, this defense looks and feels differently with, with Nick Bosa and I'm just glad they didn't get too cute with Quinton Williams. I I liked him as a prospect. Nick Bosa is what this team needed. Let's get into the player. I mean, Nick Bosa, 6'4", 266. I tweeted this out. He has four things you look for in defensive ends. Explosive first step. Converts his speed to power. So he gets off quickly. And then he's got push with his arms. He's strong and fast. He's excellent hand technician. He's going to have an array of moves. And, yeah, you judge him by his sophomore season. 14 games, 8.5 sacks, 16 tackles for a loss. His tape, he's flying around the edge. He's pressuring quarterbacks. Really one-on-one against a left tackle. I like Nick Bosa in most matchups. Could take him an adjustment season. This could be a year where he has four and a half, five and a half sacks. And you say, you know what, he got stonewalled a little bit, but we saw flashes. He's got to show the flashes. Like Solomon Thomas didn't give us any flash really ever in his career. I think we'll see some some big games from Nick Bosa. And I think year one, he might get stonewalled a couple times. It's going to take him a bit. I guess John Lynch got on the radio and was talking about watching Nick Bosa at a Rose Bowl practice. And I, it was his last practice. He was definitely declaring for the draft. And teammates were getting emotional and hugging him. And there was tears shed. Uh Nick Bosa is going to bring energy to the locker room. He's cocky. He's one of the guys. I think he and Richard Sherman are going to have a very strong vibe. I think it's going to be very competitive in training camp with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the defense is going to come closer together. And Nick Bosa does feel like your rah-rah guy. Like he's he's going to poke the pot. He's going to say what's on his mind. Um, I think this defense needs that. D Ford's not that way. Quan Alexander is going to be that way. There's more personalities on this defense. John Lynch says he knows personalities. He's played with Warren Sapp. He's played with all those guys in, in Tampa Bay. It, it does take that. And, you know, that's not the main reason why you draft a guy, but he's going to be a damn good teammate. The comparison for Nick Bosa, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think this is Reggie White. I don't think this is Bruce Smith. I, I don't think this is a 15 sack. I don't, this isn't Michael Strahan. I think he is closer to Michael Bennett. You guys are going to get mad at this comparison. I think he's closer to a Ryan Kerrigan, who's been a 
freaking stud for the Redskins. Ten sacks every season. Lots of forced fumbles. Lots of energy plays. Stops on third down. And ultimately, you know, the second or first best player on your defense. Him and DeForest Buckner should form a nasty tandem. D Ford, who are you going to double team? You've just put a bunch of pressure on offensive lines with this draft pick. You've just put a bunch of pressure on quarterbacks. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's going to be a superstar. But I I just think you're going to get consistency. And that's what this 49ers defense has lacked. And consistent edge rusher changes the secondary. It's going to help the safety position, the corner position. This defense is going to feel different. It's going to look and feel a lot more explosive up front. And I've been so hard on the Seattle scheme. Now we get to evaluate it a little more properly because you're fully stocked on the D-line and at edge rusher. And you've got Quan Alexander, who you're banking on being a reliable linebacker. Even a little overpriced, in my opinion. You're going to have issues in the secondary, but maybe not as many as you plan. Maybe not as many as I'm projecting if Nick Bosa and D Ford click right away. And you've seen the scheme get picked apart all the time. His quarterbacks can just sit back there untouched. Nick Bosa is going to make a lot of 49ers fans happy. Let's get into some of the trepidation with him. For me, it starts with injuries. I'm I'm less worried about him off the field and more worried about him staying on the field. The injury last season was his core muscle. He tore it up the first three games. Had four and a half sacks, was just throwing around offensive linemen. Then had this, this core muscle injury and decided to shut it down. I support Nick Bosa for shutting it down in college. You have your old school people who are like, oh, he quit on Ohio State. He could have fought through that. He could have came back trying to help them get to a bowl game. Da, 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 da. No, if you're in the NCAA and you're an athlete, you're an individual contractor. You are trying to preserve your body for the next level. Nick Bosa could skip OTAs later in his career. He could say physically, like, I'm not practicing today. And there's going to be people who have problems with that. And I'm going to say, I care about him playing. And that practice has been completely overrated in the NFL. That you need to know the plays. But... Having to do it all the time and move that quickly in practice actually could hurt athletes. So I think 49ers are going to be at the forefront of this. There's going to be people that have issues with Nick Bosa. He's not the most likable number two overall pick that's ever entered the NFL, which kind of leads us to the next thing. I put a poll on Twitter a week or two ago. Do you care about Nick Bosa's political views? 80% said no. 20% said yes. And I think that's kind of the climate and temperature on Twitter. One in five 49ers fans is kind of not okay with this dude. He's called Colin Kaepernick a clown. He supported Donald Trump. He's clowned on the movie Black Panther. He's liked a post on Instagram when he was 16 years old that had a hashtag with the N-word. To me, it's troubling. It's not something that I'm going to dwell on. I think Tim Kawakami made a good point. I was thinking the same thing. If there was a very liberal player going to a very conservative market like Alabama and he was getting pushback, like there should not be political litmus tests. People are allowed to have differing views. The country is very polarized right now. That's just how it is. There's there's two sides and there's a lot of sticks and stones and, and mud being thrown. I don't support racists. I don't think Nick Bosa 
is a racist. You know, some of his social media posts are aligning differently to that. I'm going to kind of trust the 49ers that they did more due diligence than what they're giving the lip service. Kyle said he didn't even ask Nick Bosa about his social media handle. I think he's just saying that publicly because I definitely think they fried his ass. I, I think the 49ers did put him through the ringer a little bit. Kyle and John Lynch are aware of the Bay Area and there's going to be pushback. And I bet they put all of his tweets like on the board, you know, really said, stay off social media. We will pick you if you keep these views to your friends, group text them, and don't ever say anything racist ever. Privately, publicly, like we won't tolerate that stuff. So there's no way the 49ers didn't address this with him. They're not that naive. That's where I stand on that. I mean... If more stuff comes out and it's bad, I mean, there's going to be some shunning. There really will be. But overall, I think he's mostly a kind of a dumb kid. He grew up with conservative parents, probably, and just you learn values and views. Maybe the Bay Area will change him. We'll see. Um, the other negative, and this is, we'll switch more back to Nick Bosa, the football player. He doesn't have that bend, those hips, the ones I was obsessed with with Harold Landry, and he's still got a lot to prove. He's not super athletic. He's not Miles Garrett. Like he's definitely worthy and one of the best prospects in the draft, but don't expect someone that's just going to be dominating every play in some physical specimen. Nick Bosa is more a sound football player. He he knows the game. He'll understand O-line tendencies and techniques and he'll be able to win one-on-one a lot. But it's not going to be because like he is just this strapping explosive athlete. Because I think Joey Bosa, his older brother, is a little bit more athletic than him. And that Nick has found ways to win. I mean, he's still 6'4 and a half, 266. He's a big boy. And he's not slow either. But he's like he's not in the top five percentile of like really any skill set. He just has every skill that you want from a defensive end. And I like this because D Ford is more your speed rusher. And where they line those guys up, it seems like Nick Bosa is going to be a three-down player and, and play Leo, and then maybe some big end, and you can slide D Ford to Leo on passing downs. There's going to be some shuffling of chairs, but they're going to need a, a nickname. Bosa D's Nuts, something like that. Are we going to make that a Blue Wire t-shirt? Bosa D's Nuts. I gotta like that. Both of these nuts. Because you, you can see them both getting some half sacks and the, those guys both getting home together. This is just an exciting time. Envisioning this defense playing together. As long as Robert Salas steps up, it's year three. He's not going to really have excuses if this defense is really bad this year. Unless it's the secondary and you can say, oh, should I have Earl Thomas? But if Kyle's scoring 28 every week, but the defense is giving up 31 Sala will be in trouble. He was pumped. He was in the draft room. He talked to Nick Bosa. I'm pumped. I'm pumped to talk about this football team. OTAs is going to be fun. There's a really elite player in the building in Santa Clara. Again, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think this is a gold jacket type of player. Have realistic expectations here. I think this is a consistent force that has been added to San Francisco. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there's no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, 
no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause that. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in just minutes. Just go to ethos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. Again, that's E-T-H-O-S. Get ethos.com. I'm down to trade Solomon Thomas and just, even if it's for a fifth round pick or it's in the third round, you're trying to move up, you can toss him into a deal. Definitely ready to move on from him. I prefer Eric Armstead to have those inside snaps over Solomon Thomas. He's going to end up playing 15 to 20 snaps and be a complete role player. And I think the 49ers, instead of answering questions about that, would rather just get him out of the building and be like, yep, our first draft was a complete wash. We came in underprepared, were hired in February, didn't do enough research. John Lynch will say, I judge his character too strongly. We, we had to do a better job of the tape. You know, it, it's worth it to just get an extra fourth round pick and take the loss because he's not going to end up playing or making much of a difference anyway. Robbie Gold, this is crazy. I mean, dude gets up at the podium, could not rave harder about Kyle Shanahan. So are the 49ers really lowballing him that hard on a long-term deal? Or does Robbie Gould just doesn't want to be here long-term? I don't get how someone who was who knew he was going to be a free agent goes up there in December, tells Matt Mayoko, all the reporters there, this is the most fun I've ever had playing football. We're building something special here. I don't care about the win totally yet. We're getting Jimmy G back next season. Like, this guy puts on a public front, and then his agent is texting Adam Schefter, demanding a trade. Maybe he was to put pressure on Chicago? Is there any way the 49ers are in on this with Robbie Gold to just try and get him to Chicago, trying to get them thirsty enough? I remember talking about this in January or February. This could end ugly. This could be weird that Kyle might not want to let him go. Maybe that's why he soured. Like, Kyle franchise tagged him. And said, we need you to win us football games because you're a damn good kicker. I don't get how the relationship can sour that hard. Robbie Gold should have known that, you know, intense negotiations were coming. Unless the 49ers really screwed him or, you know, pulled the rug out from under him. I guess we don't know the full story, but it seems to me like he's a flip-flopper. And that he should have known coming out here that there was a chance that the 49ers could control his rights. That he's a damn good kicker. That franchise tags do get used on kickers. Um, would I trade him for a fifth round pick? No, I think it would have to be fourth or above. And I don't know what the Bears draft situation is, but this is such a weird situation. The Bears want him desperately. Robbie Gold wants to be there desperately. The 49ers are not letting him go because they can't find a replacement. Maybe he got pissed about the Steven Goskowski thing. The 49ers flirted with him. I bet they were trying to keep that from getting out in the media and it ends up getting out there. It's fun. It's funny how stuff like that works. Um, yeah, those are the two big storylines not pertaining to the draft. I don't think you'll see Eric Armstead traded now. I think the 49ers will just say, all right, he's $9 million this year, but let's see him inside. Let's see him as someone who can rotate with DJ Jones and play less the end. Maybe on rundowns, you can get creative with D Ford and put him other places. I don't, I don't know what Armstead's role is, but 
now that Nick Bosa is here, I, I think there's a better chance that he stays in Solomon Thomas's dealt. Then again, I don't know who's going to want Solomon Thomas's contract. If they pull up the tape, they're just going to be like, we don't know where to play him. Day two of the draft, 49ers are picking 36th. And they have a third round pick, which I forget the number off the top of my head. I'm going receiver. And if I'm Martin Mayhew, or if I'm Adam Peters, if I'm someone in the room, I'm willing to stand up to Kyle. If Kyle is like, we need a guard, we need this, I'm willing to say, Kyle, we need a receiver in your offense. We can't have Dante Pettis being the number one guy. We can't count on Marquise Goodwin for 16 games. Jordan Matthews is a complete roll of the dice. Kendrick Bourne has had some nice catches, some drops. He can't be trusted. Too much pressure on Jimmy G. Too much pressure on Dante Pettis. Bring another receiver in now. I'm I'm shocked that A.J. Brown didn't go round one. I think he's very smooth and has number one wide receiver capabilities. I think he will pair really well with Dante Pettis. Same with Debo Samuel. I think he's that underneath receiver who can win slant routes all the time, who can catch things over the middle, be exactly what Pierre Garçon was earlier in his career. Um, Hakeem Butler, less likely. He's so big. I know they had him in for a visit. I guess DK Metcalf and the 49ers like didn't get along at the combine. That story came out today. Forgot who broke the news, but he had some attitude issues, so they probably crossed him off the board. Sounds like maybe some other teams did too. He was a combine freak and has some potential. Patriots picked Nikhil Harry at the end of the first round there. And Hollywood Brown went to the Ravens. So this receiver class is nice in the second round. And I'm willing to say, Kyle, you've gotten George Kittle right. You've gotten a couple things right on offense. You've gotten a lot of things wrong, including Joe Williams. So I don't know who has final say and total control over the offensive personnel, but I'm willing to be someone in the room and stand up to Kyle and say, we need a receiver if we're the 49ers right now, because it's the most, it's the biggest position of need. And there are really good guys available that Kyle can make work. And I'm tired of taking guys in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. No more undrafted guys like Kendrick Bourne leading the team in, in receptions. Get one of these solid receivers. Nick Bosa, solid receiver. If it's Juan Thornhill or Dalton Reisner, you know, they could go guard, they could go secondary. Lakin Tomlinson and Mike Person just aren't long term answers at guard. It'd be nice to have a young guard that they could count on. It's not Joshua Gardnett. Big pick here. 36 in this draft, you're going to get a, a guy you have a first round grade on. So they could go by the board or they could go by need. This is a situation where I would go by need. I'm sure there's going to be someone higher up on the board than one of these receivers. And if it's true that John Lynch has final say of this draft and Kyle has final say of the 53 and 90 man roster, dude, John Lynch, go for it. Get the receiver. You know, Kyle picked Dante Pettis last year. That was a Kyle pick. John Lynch, I don't think Kyle's going to be mad at you if you get a receiver here. And I don't think the fans are going to be mad at you if you take a bust. This team needs to give Jimmy G help. 
The Patriots just gave Tom Brady help with Nikhil Harry, and they tried with, with Josh Gordon last year too. I don't want to wait till the third or fourth round. Get the receiver tomorrow. KJ Podcast, Nick Bosa is a 49er. So many positives about this defense in the offseason. Going to look and feel completely different. Three of the five best 49ers defensive players were acquired this offseason. Quan Alexander, D. Ford, Nick Bosa. You're adding that with DeForest Buckner and Richard Sherman. You're developing Adrian Colbert. You love Fred Warner. You're figuring out corner. This defense, if they're a top 15 unit and Jimmy G plays well, playoffs is happening. At least late December, competitive football. This roster is better. The talent on this football team is better. This has been a good offseason for the 49ers. And we'll see what tomorrow holds. Stay tuned on the pod schedule. Not sure when the next one is going to drop. Probably not tomorrow night unless something crazy happens, but maybe Saturday night, and if not by then, definitely Sunday, so you can recap everything that's happened. All the new players on the 49ers, there'll be undrafted guys. Huge Blue Wire announcement coming. In the next week or two, has to do with our long-term future, and we are effing excited. That's all I can tease right now, but future is looking bright for the sports podcasting network share it with your friends um, check out jordan reed the draft board he's our draft expert he's probably going to be on espn one day he's amazing um thanks for listening to candlestick chronicles and other things as well we appreciate all the support all right that's the kj podcast recapping nick bosa you should be thrilled don't worry about one or two of his weaknesses um i don't care really as long as he's not dumb on social media anymore it feels like he's done with that he's learned his lesson and there's about 40 things to like about him on the football field and this football team's better because of him all right we will talk to you again soon kj podcast we're out peace